0: seems a little loud. <laughs> all right, we have announcements for everyone, so listen up. First of all, men, uh, there is going to be a men's prayer and breakfast this Saturday, March 12th at 8 a.m., so be sure and be here so you'll have a great time of prayer and great time of fellowship. And then ladies, for you, The very next Saturday, March 19th, from 10 a.m. to noon, that will be here. um, A fellowship, there will be a lunch served. Also, bring your favorite mug. All right, and youth. We have a youth rally in Thorpe on March 25th at 7.30 p.m. The afterburner is $5, so if you are interested in going, please let me know and we will make sure we get you there. And a reminder, uh, Wednesday, March 30th, there will not be um, a Bible study that day or that night uh, due to the minister's conference. And then also, uh, just wanted to let you know, the Save Our Children offering, we're going to move that uh, deadline to March 27th. So um, if you have your special offering brochure, We had said it was going to be the 13th of March, but I have been failing to announce it and keep it in your your mind there. So March 27th, we'll take up that offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just over in the glory
1: land, I'll join the happy angel band. JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND THERE WITH THE MIGHTY HOST I'LL STAND JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND I'VE A HOME PREPARED WHERE THE SAINTS ABIDE Just over in the glory land. And I long to be by my Savior's side. Just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land. I'll join the happy angel band. Just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land. There with the mighty host I'll stand. Just over in the glory land. I am on my way to those mansions fair. Just over in the glory land, and and his glory share. Just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, I'll join the happy angel band. JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND THERE WITH THE MIGHTY HOST I'LL STAND JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND WHAT A JOYFUL THOUGHT that my Lord I'll see, just over in the glory land, and with kindred saved there ever be, just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land I'll join. THE HAPPY ANGEL BAND JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND THERE WITH THE MIGHTY HOST I'LL STAND JUST OVER IN THE GLORY LAND With a blood-washed throng I will shout and sing just over in the glory land. Glad hosannas to Christ the Lord and King just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, I'll join the happy angel band. Just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land, therewith. The mighty host I'll stand just over in the glory land, just over in the glory land. They'll join the happy angel band just over in the glory land. Just over in the glory land, there with the mighty host I'll stand. Just over in the glory land. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can't wait, Lord, to be there with you. Face to face, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In all your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Hallelujah. I lift my voice to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied, glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin, Jesus so sweetly abides within, there at the cross where he took me in, glory to his name. O precious fountain that saves from sin, I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean, glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge into day and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name, glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied, glory to his name. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that blood that flowed from Calvary. Lord, that washed away my sins. Hallelujah. All glory to your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I can't wait to be there. Hallelujah. No more sadness. No more sickness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share, where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore everybody will be happy over there we everybody will be happy will be happy over there we will shout and sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers will be singing round the throne in that land where no one ever knows a care. And the Christians of all ages will join in the triumph song. Everybody will be happy over there. Everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. We will hear nobody praying and no mourning in that land. For no burdens there will be for us to bear all the people will be singing glory glory to the lamb everybody will be happy over there everybody will be happy will be happy over there shout and sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. There we'll meet the one who saved us and who kept us by his grace and who brought us to the land so bright and fair. We will praise his name forever as we look upon his face. Everybody will be happy over there. Everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praise, everybody will be happy over there. Everybody will be happy will be happy over there. We will shout and
2: Sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. One more time. Everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so looking forward to seeing you face to face. I am so looking forward to my eternal reward. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are my King. You are my Lord. You are my God. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a hope we have in You. What a promise we have. We have everything to look forward to. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, for suffering on a cross and dying in my place so that I could spend an eternity with You. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful for You. I'm so thankful for Your so great salvation. I'm so thankful for the covenant promises You've given us. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are a king. You are my king. You are the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is none else. There is no one but you. You sit upon the throne all by yourself. There is no God beside you. There is no Savior beside you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We are going to be continually and forever happy. There will be no sorrow, there will be no tears. There'll be no more battle, no more war, no more fighting. Rest. An everlasting rest. Peace. Hallelujah. Something else we'll have is the words to the song. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I enjoy worshiping God. Not just because of how it makes me feel. I don't always feel something. But I enjoy worshiping God because it pleases Him. And I know that. I want to do everything I can to please Him. Because one day, we are going to be with Him forever. We are going to live with Him for all of eternity. Amen. I can't get this out of my head, so I'm just going to say it. My wife mentioned for the, girls to, the women to bring their favorite mugs to the thing. (laughs) Y'all know where I'm going, right? This is my wife's favorite mug right here. (laughs) All right, you guys are already there with me, so we're good. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. (laughs) Before I completely derail this. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. talks about a man and his his attitude toward things his his outlook on things it says by faith abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went by faith he sojourned in, in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. An old missionary couple, maybe you've heard this story before. I know I have, but it fits the sermon very well. An old missionary couple had been working in Africa for years. They were, were returning to New, York to New York City to retire. They had no pension, their health was broken, They were defeated, discouraged, and afraid. They discovered they were booked on the same ship as President Teddy Roosevelt, who was returning from one of his big game hunting expeditions. No one paid much attention to them. They watched the fanfare that accompanied the President's entourage with passengers trying to catch a glimpse of the great man. As the ship moved across the ocean, the old missionary said to his wife, something is wrong. Why should we have given our lives and faithful service for God in Africa all these many years and have no one care a thing about us? Here this man comes back from a hunting trip and everybody makes much over him. Nobody gives two hoots about us. Dear, you shouldn't feel that way, his wife said. I can't help it. It doesn't seem right. When the ship docked in New York, a band was waiting to greet the president, the mayor, and other dignitaries were there. The papers were full of the president's arrival, but no one noticed this missionary couple. They slipped off the ship, unnoticed, and found a cheap flat on the east side, hoping the next day to see what they could do to make a living in the city. That night, the man's spirit broke. He said to his wife, I can't take this. God is not treating us fairly. His wife responded, Why don't you go into the bedroom and tell that to the Lord? A short time later, he came out from the bedroom, but now his face was completely different. His wife asked, Dear, what happened? The Lord settled it with me, he said. I told him how bitter I was that the president should have received this tremendous homecoming when no one met us as we returned home. And when I finished, it seemed as though the Lord put his hand on my shoulder and simply said, Son, you're not home yet. Amen. I'm going to be talking for a few minutes this morning yet on this topic, homesick, homesick. Abraham was one who realized something, that he was a stranger in a strange land. He was obedient to the will and plan of God for his life and went out from the world, his world, into the land of promise. He did it not knowing where this land was. He did it not knowing where he was going to go, how far he had to get there. But he went. He left his life, his world, everything that he knew. Left his friends, family, or he was supposed to. He almost left everyone. But he was to go alone into the will and plan of God. He understood, I believe, that the land of promise he was walking around on was not all there was to look forward to. The Bible says that He understood that he was a sojourner, a wayfarer, a pilgrim in a strange land. Isn't that exactly where we find ourselves today? This world is not our home. We are just a passing through. Thank God for that. If my hope were here, I would certainly be most miserable. But my hope is not here. My hope is somewhere else, in another land, a different country. Abraham was looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Until then, he was dwelling in tabernacles, temporary dwelling places, tents. Tents don't have a foundation. Tents, unless you count staking it. I was on a camping trip one time in the Boundary Waters. If you've never been to the Boundary Waters, I highly recommend it if you're into that kind of thing. Whole week just canoeing, camping, fishing. They fished. I ate the fish because fish are afraid of me and they run when I throw anything into the water. <laughs> I can't fish. I couldn't save my life, anyone else's. But it was nonstop walleye. Anyway, getting off topic again. Fresh walleye is so good. Oh, my word. Seasonings. And... Anyway, there's nothing better than fresh walleye after a day of canoeing, hiking, when you're beat, you're tired, and you're starving. And all the walleye, literally, that you could eat. They were catching them left and right. But on our last day there, there was this huge storm that, that swept through. And (laughs) I didn't have a tent. I was in the Army. I was hardcore. So what I did was I, I brought a tarp and some bungee cords and some mosquito netting. And that's what I brought. That lasted me one night. And then someone was kind enough to let me stay in their tent with them. So anyway, I was staying in this tent with the guy uh, the last night and the wind was so strong, and this guy was what, two hundred forty? Not fat, he was he was solid, he was built. But he the wind was he was on the wind side of it so that the, the tent wouldn't get swept away, and it kept pushing him over and he'd roll back over and he and it was like that for half the night. I was doing what I could, but my little (laughs) 180-pound self, I wasn't going to do much with him there. But in the morning, our tent was the only one standing. Everyone else's tent, I mean, one was completely gone. We never found it. One was way up in a tree. One was uh, in the the scrubs over here, and it was... (laughs) There, I take I no. I take that back. There was another tent standing. It was a it was a huge tent, but it was I mean it was staked down all over the place. It was like this industrial thing. But that was still standing, and everyone else had piled into there, and me and the other guy were in this tent, which convinced me to buy this tent right afterward. But we didn't have any foundations in these tents. So when the wind came, it just whew, they were gone. Now, depending on how you staked them down, what soil you staked them down, how you did it, you know, maybe you had a better chance. But at the end of the day, these tents were the only ones standing. And ours only because I had a meat shield standing there for me, holding everything down. <laughs> Otherwise, whew, ours would have been gone too. So these are tents. These are tabernacles. They're temporary. In the morning, those that had them still standing, we took them down, packed them up, and went on our way to stake them down somewhere else the next time. Temporary. They're never meant to be a permanent shelter. And again, that's exactly where we find ourselves today, dwelling in these tabernacles. This is the tabernacle of God. This is the where the Holy Ghost dwells. We had to treat it accordingly, but we also need to understand this is a temporary dwelling place. I like to think of this as a vehicle. My spirit drives around in this while I'm here. When you see someone driving down the road in a, in a vehicle, you you typically don't say, "Oh, that's Sister Bell's car." You say, "Oh, that's Sister Bell." Wonder where she's going. I don't even see Sister Bell in the car. I just see the car, and I know that's Sister Bell. And so this this isn't me. This is what I'm driving around in. The real me is in here. The real me is going to last forever. The real you is going to last forever. This won't. And probably getting ahead of myself, but I used to be, I like signs and wonders. I like miracles. I like seeing them. I like hearing about them. I would love to experience them more in this church, in my life, in your life. But something I'm beginning to realize is that, you know, and I've heard this before, but it's in one ear and out the other. I didn't want to hear it. God can heal my body a thousand times, but it's still going to die at some time, at some point. It's still going to die. Or the rapture is going to happen and this body is going to dissolve and God's going to give me a new spiritual body. In any case, this body isn't going to last. It's not going to last. It's temporary. It's a tabernacle. And I'm going to take good care of it because it's my tabernacle. It's my shelter while I'm here. It's my tent. I don't want my tent leaking. I don't, want, I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to take good care of this tabernacle. But I need to understand, this isn't what I'm looking for. This isn't where my hope is. I'm looking for something permanent. I'm looking for something that will endure forever. Something that has a foundation. Whose builder and maker is God? This tabernacle that I'm in now has no foundation. It's subject to every wind of change, it's subject to disease and sickness, it's subject to everything that goes on here. It has no foundation. Hebrews chapter 11, moving down to verse 13 through 16, continues. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. To Abraham, these promises were so real that he saw them. He was persuaded of them. He embraced them. Abraham declared that this world was not his home. He was looking forward to something greater, something more, something permanent, something eternal. Verse 15 is an interesting inclusion here. If we're still close to where we've come from, we might find an opportunity to go back. If Abraham had been called a half day's journey away from everything that he knew. He might have decided it was better over there and went back. But the farther God took him from where he came from, the farther God took him from the world that he knew, the more and more he started seeing the eternal. The more and more he started Viewing the promises of God. Looking for something better. Looking for something greater. Looking for something permanent. Eternal. He started seeing himself as a, as a pilgrim. As a stranger in a strange land. Surely, that has to ring a bell with us today. This world... Is growing stranger by the moment. The reason for that isn't because we're all old fogies and we're all old fashioned and things like that. That's not the reason. The reason is this the world is moving farther and farther away from truth, farther and farther away from Scripture, farther and farther away from what we know and what we love and what we embrace. And so it becomes stranger and stranger to us. Stay as far away from this world as you possibly can. Don't give yourself any opportunity to return. This world is going to burn, this world is also temporary. It's not going to last. Anything you invest into it, it's gone. Now I'm not saying don't invest anything into it. As usual, we have responsibilities here in this this life. We have things that need to be taken care of. But I wouldn't recommend putting too much more into it. Cuz as soon as you do, it's gone. It's going to burn. It's, it's going to be destroyed. <clears throat> everything we place in heaven, everything we do for Jesus Christ, everything that we do for eternity is going to last for eternity. That's where our focus ought to be. That's where the impetus of our lives needs to be focused on. Eternity. Because Abraham was fixed on his heavenly home, he desired that country. And the city God had prepared for him. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When we're focused on something, we're driven towards something, that's where our affections are going to be. So let your affections be set on things eternal. On things spiritual. Philippians one twenty through twenty six. We see the apostle Paul, and he seems to have a very similar mindset. Verse twenty, he's speaking to the church at Philippi, and he says this. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I, if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose I wot not, for I am in a strait betwixt two having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Paul's outlook on life was conflicted. Complicated. If he was living, it was going to be for Jesus Christ. Period. And if he was to die, he made it. He made it home. He entered into his reward. And he gains everything he was ever hoping for. Why? Because that's where his affections were set. That's where his heart was. Everything he did, everything he said, probably most everything he thought, was centered toward one goal, serving Jesus Christ with his life. And so when presented with these opportunities, I can imagine he was conflicted. He was in a strait betwixt two, not knowing which one to choose, not knowing which one would be better. And I like how his arguments for remaining here were for the benefit of others. If you look at how he wrote, Having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. If he stays here, it was going to be in ministry to others, in service to to those around him, if he departed, that would be for his benefit. You know the uh, <laughs> the old saying. Maybe you've heard it. Everybody wants to go to heaven, just not today. <clears throat> that ought not be said of us. It wasn't said of Abraham. It wasn't said of the apostle Paul. Paul was ready to go today. He's ready to go right now, and he was looking forward to it. Because that's where he, that's where his eyes were focused on. That's where his heart was fixed. His affections were affixed to heaven, to Jesus Christ, and the sooner I can get there, the better. That was his goal. That was his hope. That was his promise. That was everything to him. He had nothing here. He had a ministry here. And the consummate amount of heartache and suffering and disappointment that goes along with any ministry. He even spurned that. He didn't mind that either too much because he knew where he was headed. He knew what kind of treasure he was laying up. His mindset was, I will stay in this tabernacle because it serves the purpose of Jesus Christ. Because it's beneficial for you that I remain. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. You know, when I first, when I was a new convert, and I first came across that, really came across that verse, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I felt almost literally like someone slapped me upside the head. That That was a paradigm shift for me. We've got to realize that we, that all of us, are pilgrims, wayfarers, sojourners in a strange land. We're walking through this life according to the will and plan of Almighty God in these tabernacles. We've come out of our old lives like Abraham did, and we're moving toward the promise. We're walking daily toward the promise of God ultimately we're looking for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God we're not looking for things in this life we're looking for something more something permanent something eternal 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 50 through 55 says this Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality." So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Death is the last enemy that will be defeated. It is an enemy. It was never meant to be here. Death was never a part of God's plan. It was never to be a part of God's creation. We brought that here. Our disobedience and our rebellion brought that here. And God took care of it. God made a way where we would never have to deal with Him again. Where He can once and for all be defeated. This tabernacle will pass away. But we, who we are, is going to remain forever. Somewhere. In everlasting life or in everlasting death? And the good and the bad of it is, it's entirely our choice. God doesn't put anyone anywhere. He's made the choices available and you choose. You choose where you're going to go. We're looking forward to the rapture of Christ's church and an eternity spent in his presence. That's our hope. That's our reward. It's not to say, though, that this life is not important. It is extremely important. As temporal as it is, as temporary as it is, this life is where everything gets determined. This is where the battle is raging. This is where the war is. The fight for souls. The fight for the minds of men and women. The hearts of men and women. This is where my eternity is determined. The choices I make here or don't make. The paths that I decide to go, take my life or don't is going to determine where I end up in eternity. Again, God doesn't choose where I go. God doesn't put me in heaven. He doesn't put me in hell. I do. For better or for worse, God has given me an awesome, terrible amount of authority here to determine by myself where I'm going to spend eternity. That is... That is an absolutely horrific amount of authority that He has given us. And people just brush it off like it's nothing. I don't understand that. Because once the choice is set in stone, church, there's no taking it back. There's no standing before the judgment seat making a different decision. I'm convinced. You changed my mind. I want to live for you now. I want to be in heaven now. Too late. You wanted nothing to do with Him then. God's a gentleman. He's not going to take you somewhere you've never wanted to go. So use that authority wisely. For whatever reason. I trust God, but looking at it at face value I that kind of authority is how could he trust human beings with that kind of authority? I'm not questioning God. He knows what's best. There's a reason for it, I'm sure and that he has entrusted every one of us with that kind of authority. if you make the wrong choice if you misuse that authority it lasts forever and i keep i keep using that word eternity forever <clears throat> as if we could possibly understand what that really means <clears throat> we know what the word indicates we know the definition but we can't grasp with our Finite minds. The totality of what eternity truly is. We can't. We're finite. So this life is extremely important. Everyone's eternal destination is determined in this life, in this pilgrimage, dwelling in this tabernacle. The experiences that we face, the situations we encounter, the decisions we make, all of it adds up to where we go forever. It all matters. Everything matters here. More and more I'm seeing miracles, healings, etc. as a sign to those who are not yet spiritual. Who don't have a spiritual mindset. But they can see that God just healed them. So they know that something is out there. Something exists. Something with an enormous amount of power. And I think if those people were honest, they'd say, I want to know more about that, that person, that entity. I want to know more about this. They have no, their spirits are dead. They have no spiritual mindset. They're not interested in eternity. They're interested in, in the next paycheck. They're interested in getting married, having kids, getting, developing a career. Everything people are in the world are interested in. That's what they're interested in. They're not interested in God. They're not interested in their salvation. They're too busy. They have no interest in spiritual things, spiritual concepts. But when they see a miracle, when they see God do something in the supernatural, it jars them, it shakes them into thinking about it. They're a sign for the unbeliever, first and foremost. I don't need a healing. If I'm sick, I want a healing. I do. But if I don't get a healing and God takes me, what happens then? I win. I made it. That's not a bad thing. That's the best thing that could ever happen to me. There's no possible way I can lose out now anymore. My salvation is now assured. It's set in stone. God saves us day by day. Every day we have an opportunity to draw closer to Him or to walk away from Him. You might be saved right now, but that doesn't mean you're going to be saved. You've got to keep making that choice. you got to keep walking with Jesus Christ every day. It's possible to lose out with God. Even though... I hope right now, you're right with Him. I believe with all my heart I'm right with God right now, but it's possible for me to walk away. Just because I'm saved today doesn't mean I'm going to be saved. I need to choose every day to serve Jesus Christ, to submit myself to Him. But if I don't get healed and God takes me, fantastic. I made it home. That's where I've been heading this whole time. Why should I slight God for that? And I believe with all my heart, even those that are kind of, well, I do want to go to heaven, but not today kind of person, once they do make it to heaven, there's no way they're going to want to come back. There is no way. For the record, if I die, don't you pray for me anymore. I don't want to be raised from the dead. God may choose to do that anyway, just because I don't want to. (laughs) But once I see glory, I'm not going to want to come back to this. And neither are you. God's purpose needs to be served first, right? Maybe the raising of the dead would save someone else. Be an avenue to do that. I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to spending an eternity with Jesus Christ. Everything that I'm going through, everything you're going through, the good, the bad, the indifferent, all of it, it's part of the plan to get us home. sometimes sometimes god's going to lead us through the mountaintop sometimes he's going to lead us through the valley but in every step of the way we're one step closer to home this isn't our world this isn't our home the mountaintop's not our home the valley's not our home we're passing through on our way home that's our mindset Ultimately, we too, we too are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. A city with a foundation, a city that's permanent, that's eternal. In conclusion, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 through 12 says this, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, right now, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then, face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. So right now, we have prophesying. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have tongues, tongues of interpretation. We have the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. All of these things are manifest through the Spirit to His church. But all of that's going to pass away. It's not going to be necessary anymore. None of that will be necessary anymore. And now we see through a glass darkly. We understand types and shadows. We understand in part. We get glimpses. We get little bits of understanding of who God is. But when we go home, we're going to understand everything. Everything is going to be open to us. Everything is going to be made crystal clear. There will be no more wondering. There will be no more questions. I always thought I'd have all kinds of questions to ask, but it doesn't look like I'm going to have any. I'm going to know all the answers. (coughs) Why this? Why then? Why that person? It's all going to be made clear. And that's going to be nice. That's going to be great. Because as long as I'm here, I'm going to have questions. Because I like finding the answers. But the most important thing to me is that I'm going to know Jesus Christ. Completely. I'm going to know every aspect of Him. I'm going to be able to stand in His direct physical presence without evaporating. I'll have a spiritual body, an eternal body that can withstand the glory of God, the physical presence of God. I'll be able to hear His voice directly, not in a whisper, not in a, a message or in a dream, but directly. I'll have a complete Total understanding of who God is. What He's revealed to me presently, I I stumble at. I don't understand everything that He's revealed to me. Not yet. I'm working on it. But I still don't get all of who God is. The little bit that He's revealed. Then I'll have the whole picture. I'll know everything about God. I'll have an infinite capacity to do that, and so will you. All of this, whatever it is that we went through, whatever it is we were called to endure or not endure, suffer or enjoy, is all going to be gone. It's all gone. And we can begin our true life in eternity with Jesus, why He created us in the first place, will finally, truly be able to fulfill that part of God's plan for us. Eternal fellowship with Him. What an awesome thing that's going to be. What a great day that's going to be. We're going to hear His voice. We're going to see his face. We're going to feel his touch, the one who died for us. Amen. Let's all stand. More and more, I am getting homesick. How about you? Let's all come to the front for just a moment. If you would please. Nothing real profound today. Simple message. Message of hope. The path may be arduous at times, it may be difficult sometimes. But it's getting us to our destination. It's getting us where we need to be, where we want to be, where God desires us to be. It's getting us home. Amen. If you're not ready to go today, if you're not sure if you're ready to go today, now is the time to do that. To be sure to get ready. If you are ready, then I don't think it would be a bad thing to rejoice, to worship, to praise in the God of your salvation. Amen. In any case, let's spend some time here this morning and let's call out on God. Let's let Him speak with us. Amen. Lord Jesus, Our heart is fixed this morning on home. We declare that this world is not our home. We are pilgrimers, sojourners, wayfarers in this strange, fearful, fallen place. We look for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That permanent residence that you are creating for us. That home that you are building for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. In this life, you lead us through strange paths sometimes. Through paths that seem contradictory. Paths that seem at odds with your plan. Nevertheless, we trust in You to lead us to that blessed place. I am so thankful that today, Lord Jesus, today is a day of salvation, that the the door to the ark is not yet shut, that we can still make things right with You. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that those within the sound of my voice this morning, if they are not right with You, that You would speak to them, that You would minister to them, that You would lead them to a place of repentance, unto salvation. In Jesus' name, whether here or joining us online. If someone here is not sure, they're not assured of their salvation, I pray, God, that You'd make them sure today. We can. We must be sure This isn't something we have to wonder about. It's not something we have to just roll the dice and hope. We can know if we're right with You. Make us to know this morning, Lord Jesus, if we're right with You or no. And if no, get us right. Forgive us. Wash us clean. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our transgressions this morning, I pray. Cover us once again, I pray, in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanse us from our sins, our transgressions cover us with your righteousness. Again, I pray. I want to be absolutely sure that I'm ready to go when you come again. I need to be ready. I can't miss. I can't miss the rapture. I can't miss coming home with you. I can't can't lose out on that. I've got to see you. I've got to experience You in fullness. I've got to hear Your voice. I've got to feel Your touch. I've got to see You. My Lord Jesus, I've got to see You.